Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Amen. Thank you all so much for leading us in music this morning. Awesome time of worship. Thank you all. You know what the word amen means, right? We just sang it a bunch of times. I think that may be one of those words that we say a lot and we may not, we just think it's what you're supposed to say at the end of a prayer and it, it is, but that word means so be it. Let it be done. So what we just said, may his favor be upon you and your family and your children and their children and their children to a thousand generations. Amen. Lord, let that be done. So that was pretty strong. I mean, that's serious business when we say that. So I just wanted you to understand, most of you probably knew that, but just to, you know, we say that word amen, like if you ever say it when I'm preaching, which is fine, uh, you know, what you're saying is that that's right, preacher, that's right, John, so be it. What you just said is the truth. Let that be, let that be done. And so that's a great, a great word. So Matt, thank you all. Thank everybody up here for leading us today. I'll tell you a little story about a three-year-old girl. Her name was Rena, and uh, Rena was in a worship service, and this was the first time that she was going to uh, see a baptismal service, first time she was going to see somebody getting baptized. So as the pastor was baptizing the man that he was baptizing that day, she just kind of had all kinds of questions. Daddy, why did he push that man under the water? I mean, Daddy, why, 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 what's this, why, why? And uh, so the mom was sitting there trying to, you know, quietly explain it during the worship service, and that didn't work it out, you know, just too many questions and stuff like that. So they got home, and uh, later on that night, the mom and dad, the parents were trying to explain this baptism thing to her more, kind of trying to get it down on her level where she could understand really what it's more about. So, so they, they talked about sin, and that when people decide uh, to live for Jesus and do good, then, then they want everybody to know, and they explained that the water symbolize Jesus washing people from their sin and that when they come out they're they're clean and they're going to try to do good and and they're going to try to do good and and they realized that they, that their explanation had really fallen short when Rena turned and said just well why didn't pastor Bob just spank him you know so uh so I think that's a pretty good pretty good idea I mean uh, there's some of y'all need a whooping but um uh but I want to reassure you that, you know, I'm not going to start whooping folks, spanking folks, but I do want to talk about baptism. I want us to understand what baptism is all about and think about that. I want to make it clear why we baptize. We baptized this morning at 830. We're baptizing again next Sunday, uh, two more people next Sunday. And uh, so uh, uh, we're going to talk about that and, and, and talk about what it's all about. What bad. So I start, I'm starting a series today. You see the title of the series is just simply, why do we do that? Why do we do that? And what we're going to do over the next four weeks through the month of January, Lord willing, uh, we may depart. We'll see how the Spirit leads. But the plan is, is that we're going to talk about some different aspects of what we do in church. Some of the stuff that we do in church, some of the things we talk about in church, some of the terminology that we use in church that we just assume Everybody knows what we're talking about. And that everybody understands exactly what we're talking about. But the truth of the matter is, is that we live in a day and age where more and more people are coming 
or I, let me say it this way, less and less people are coming out of a church background when they come to church. There are fewer people that grew up like me. You know, I was in church nine months before I was born, you know, and been in church my whole life and, uh, you know, grew up in a great Christian home and, and, and ch- literally every time, every time I was supposed to be at church, I was at church. Sunday morning, Sunday school, worship service. Uh, and when I was a teenager, we had youth choir at 4.30, youth choir, 5.30, discipleship training, 6, uh, uh, 6.30, 7 o'clock, worship service, youth choir sang with, with uh, red robes on every Sunday night, then Wednesday night. I was in prayer meeting with my parents. I wasn't in, uh, we didn't have stuff, other stuff going on for kids and youth during that time. I was in prayer meeting with my parents every Wednesday night. Learned how to pray that way, by the way listening to old people pray, sitting in small groups with senior adults that had impacted my life and me listening to them pray. That's how I learned how to pray. I'm not saying we're going back to that or anything. I'm just saying there's a lot of people that don't, a whole lot, some of y'all sitting here said, man, that that ain't nothing like I grew up. And, And that's okay. And so that's why we're doing this series is to talk about some of these things that are, they are a part of our church and our church's DNA, things, but they're things that you may not necessarily know why we do them, or just things that need some clarification, things that need some need me to teach on them and talk about these things. And specifically, that thing that we're going to talk about today is baptism. And why do we do that? Now, a bunch of y'all could, you know, I could go around the room, and a bunch of you could get a, give a very solid biblical answer as to why we do that. A lot of folks couldn't. And, and so I, I, I want to try to help us all to understand why we do that, why we do baptism. So grab your Bibles and turn to Paul's uh, book, uh, Romans, the book of Romans, his letter to the Romans, New Testament book. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. It's the sixth book in the New Testament. So uh, grab your Bible. I hope you got, got your Bible with you. If not, maybe you can look on with somebody so that you can read the scriptures or grab your phone if you got the Bible app and go to Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 6, two verses today, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. I love hearing y'all turn those pages in your Bibles. That's good. That's really good. The public reading of scripture is an integral part of corporate worship, so I'm glad that you have your Bibles. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Stand please and let's read uh, these two verses now. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Let's pray. So, Lord, we do thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the Apostle Paul and the... uh, a couple thousand years ago or so, you uh, inspired him by your Holy Spirit to write these words down so that we today on January the 8th of 2023 could study them and be impacted as your spirit. The same spirit that inspired him to write these is the same spirit who is with us today to teach us what these verses are all about. So we yield ourselves to you now. Move in our hearts and lives. Teach us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. So here's, you know, it's really cool, I will tell you this, it's really cool that uh, baptism, to the glory of God, baptism is something that we do a lot in this church. 
Amen? That's really cool. And uh, this past year, 2022, uh, we had the privilege of baptizing nearly 60 people this past year. Did you realize that? Nearly 60 people. I will tell you something. I've, I, know, I know I say this number a lot. I've been in the ministry now for over 40 years. I started when I was 18 years old as a youth minister, was a youth minister for seven, in youth ministry for 17 years, and then I became a senior pastor for, for the last 23, 24 years. And uh, this, this past year is the most amazing year of my, those 40 years of ministry. I've never in my life, in 40 years, baptized 60 people <laughs> in one year. <laughs> It's just incredible. It's just incredible. And I, maybe, I, I, I don't know if you understand how incredible that really is, but I'm just telling you, it is, it is incre- I, I, I think that it may have been the most we've ever baptized in the entire history of the church, and this church has been around since 1887. I mean, that's, that's awesome. To the glory of God, that is awesome. I didn't baptize all of those folks. Some of, you, uh, some of y'all got to baptize some people. Michael did and some other people. And some dads got to baptize their kids. And, but, you know, it was just so cool that we got to baptize nearly 60 people. Baptized one this morning, got two more next week. So here we go in 2023, man. We're cranking it up again. And that's just awesome what God's doing in the life of this church. And we need to hang on to that. Because I straight up tell you, that as much as God has not, no, no, not as much. I'm, never, I'm not going to give Satan that much credit. But God has been working mightily. You don't baptize 60 people. You don't baptize 60 people and have Satan just ignore it. So at the same time that this has been the most glorious year of ministry, it's been the year of the most intense spiritual warfare I've ever experienced in my life. And that Satan is so ticked off at what God has been doing, is doing, and wants to do in the life of this church. So he's doing everything in his power to derail me, to derail you. He absolutely wants to destroy your life. As your pastor, please hear that word of warning. I love you too much not to tell you that. Now, if you belong to Jesus, and I hope and pray you do, and if you don't, I pray that by the end of this worship service, you do. But if you belong to Christ, you truly belong to Jesus, Satan cannot have your salvation. Amen? We are once saved, always saved. You will never, ever lose your salvation. But if you let your guard down, and you stop walking with the Lord, and you get out of fellowship with the Lord, And you get out of the Word. Why are we doing these fresh start series? A fresh start in the Word of God. Doing everything that we can to try to get you, get us all pointed back to the Word of God. Because if you get out of the Word, if you stop praying, you get out of fellowship with God, you take your armor off, and you just start living like uh, any way you want to live, I will tell you this, Satan can't take your salvation, but he will take everything else. Everything. He will destroy your life your marriage your kids your grandkids your business your athletic ability your music ability your friendships your relationship with people in the church he will destroy everything 
So that's not even in the sermon notes. <laughs> but it's just something I want to tell you because here we go in 2023, and God's at work, and Satan is too. And so we've got to be ready because we ain't going to stop. We're going to keep making much of Jesus. We're going to keep pressing on. We're going to do what the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He said, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and let us run with endurance this race that is marked out for us. That's what we're going to do. And I pray to God that we see 100 people get saved and baptized in 2023 wouldn't you love to get wouldn't you love for me to stand up lord willing if he'll let me stay here another year and i have another year to live and another year to preach i get to be your pastor for another year that i could stand up here the first second sunday of january of 2024 and say y'all you know remember we baptized 60 people in 2022 we baptized 147 in 2023 wouldn't that just be amazing wouldn't we just be going oh my god praise god i mean it would just be unbelievable to the glory of god so we talk about baptism is something we do a lot. So since we do it so much, praise the Lord, we, we need to talk about it because I'm guaranteed there's some people that wonder about different aspects about baptism. Does baptism, is it necessary for salvation? Do you have to be baptized in order to be saved? Uh, 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 what's the purpose of being baptized? Why, why do we immerse people, put them all the way under the water? I know some churches sprinkle and some churches pour, and, but we, we, we put them all the way under the water. Why do we do that? You know, all of those kinds of questions that we have about baptism. And so we're going to touch on some of those today and try to talk about them and uh, uh, when you look at we're a new testament church and, and so when you look at the new testament there are places all through the new testament that talk about baptism all four gospels matthew mark luke and john tell about jesus being baptized jesus was baptized we'll talk about his baptism in just a minute all four of the gospels all four gospel writers wrote about jesus being baptized jesus himself talked about baptism in John chapter 3, he talked about baptism. When he gave us the Great Commission, which are the, the, you know, our marching orders for what we do as a church. I mean, you hear us talk about uh, the Great Commission all, all the time. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, and so therefore you're my disciples. So now go, and as you're going, make disciples of all nations, of all people groups. Ta ethne, all people groups. Make disciples of all people groups baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And just like we sang just now, he said, I am with you always. He is with you. He is with you. He is with you. So Jesus talked about baptism. Baptism was mentioned in the book of Acts multiple times. We'll talk about one here in just a minute. Paul talked about Acts in the book of Romans, uh, talked about baptism in the book of Romans, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, Titus. He talked about baptism in all of those letters. Uh, and then Peter talked about, in 1 Peter, he mentioned, talked about baptism. So obviously this is an important thing to the New Testament church. And when we look at this passage here in Romans chapter 6, it's, it's one of these passages, it's one that helps us understand the beauty of the imagery we see when somebody is baptized. This morning we baptized Kearney White, and when I baptized that little fella, it was a beautiful picture of what happens to somebody 
when they give their life to Christ. And we'll talk about that as we look at this. Because when a person comes to know Jesus, and I hope you have, but when a person comes to know Jesus, something dramatic happens. Amen? Something dramatic. Look, you don't have to feel dramatic. Sometimes you do. Some people have that testimony that their salvation experience was this huge, emotional, dramatic experience. And that's cool. That's, that's great if that's your testimony. But it's just as cool and great if your testimony is not dramatic, but you're still just as saved, right? But even though you don't feel that dr- the dramatic thing that has happened, you need to understand, we need to understand, to know and understand how dramatic our salvation truly is. Because the Word of God teaches us and teaches us that you were lost, but now you are found. Some of y'all, you ever lost your kid? Some of you want to? <laughs> you ever lost your kid? I mean, like in a crowd, in a store, in a mall. We, Vicky and I had a friend of ours that, friend of ours that lost her child on a beach, a crowded beach one time uh, for, for an hour or so. I mean, just freaking, can you just imagine the, the terror, the fear? But as, as, as awful as that is, that pales in comparison to someone who is spiritually lost. But you go from being lost to being found. You go from being dead to being alive. You go from being an enemy of God to a friend of God. Yes, as an eight-year-old boy that got saved when I was eight years old, at that point, I was an enemy of God. And I became a friend of God. You go from being a child of the devil, is what the Word of God says, to being a child of God. Wait a minute, John, I ain't no Satan worshiper. You're a child of the devil if you don't know Jesus. So you go from being a child of the devil to being a child of God. You see how dramatic it is. It's huge. And All of us who are Christ followers, according to Paul here in Romans chapter 6, verse 3, all of us who are Christ followers have been baptized into Christ Jesus. What that means is that when you come to know Jesus, you are totally immersed by Jesus Christ. You are totally consumed by by Jesus Christ. You are totally enveloped by Jesus Christ. That's what your baptism is. You are totally overwhelmed by Him. You are being made eternally one with Jesus. That's what it means to be saved. And when, when, when Jesus died, it was as if we died with Him. When Jesus was buried, we were buried with Him. When Jesus rose from the grave, we rose with Him and now are able to walk in the newness of life, is what Paul said in verse 4. We walk in the newness of life. That means even now, 50 years after I gave my life to Christ, my relationship with Jesus ought to be just as new today as it was that day back in 1973. Amazing. Amazing. God loves us that much. And our baptism, 
this incredible transformation that happens when we are saved. We are buried in Christ. He totally immerses us. He totally overwhelms us. We are buried with Him. We are raised to walk in the newness of life. That beautiful thing that has happened in our life is wonderfully pictured in the act of baptism. When, when somebody who has placed their faith in Jesus goes through the baptismal waters. A guy named Vance Havner said, We may never become martyrs, but we can die to self, sin, the world, and to our plans and ambitions. That is the significance of baptism. We died with Christ and we rose to new life. Another guy said this, baptism does not save a person, but Jesus means for his saved individuals to publicly identify with him and his people. It's one piece of how his citizens become official. It's how they wave their flag. One more guy said, baptism represents our death to the self-ruled life and our submission to the rule of God, our willing embrace of His mission for us. That's what baptism is. So the application for this sermon is that every Christ follower should publicly identify with Christ through believers' baptism. John, why do you say believers' baptism? Because the people that are supposed to be baptized are people who have believed in Jesus for their salvation. That's why we don't baptize and christen babies. Because they're not able yet to place their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You don't see that anywhere in Scripture. So believer's baptism is for people who have trusted Christ. They're the ones that are to follow in believer's baptism. All right, so let's talk about baptism. Let me give you these three things real quick. Three, three, three points. Number one, the reasons for baptism. Let me give you these reasons for baptism. Three of them, real quick. Three specific reasons for a Christ follower to be baptized. Number one, to follow Christ's example. To follow his example. Um, Mark chapter 1, verse 9 says, At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth and was baptized by John in the river. That was the Jordan River. That was John the Baptist. Uh, some, some of the old gospel songs called him John the Baptizer because that's what he did, John the Baptist. That was my CB handle back in the 70s. I was John the Baptist. And so, uh, but some of y'all are old enough to remember CBs. But, um, but uh, so Jesus was baptized. So one of the reasons that we are baptized is to follow his example. Now listen to me. John was baptizing for the repentance of sins. His was a baptism of repentance. Wait a minute, John. John Daniels. Or John the Baptist, if you're on the CB radio. John, what, uh, Jesus didn't sin, so why did he need to be baptized for, was he being baptized for repentance? No. I mean, he, didn't, he didn't have anything to repent of. He had no sins, never sinned, either before that point or after that point. So why was he baptized? Listen to this. Jesus, Jesus' baptism, his baptism was an act, listen, was an act of humility. And an act of identity. In other words, Jesus consented to be counted as if he were a sinner. Along with all of us. So he humbled himself. Philippians chapter 2 says that. He humbled himself. And, and, and so this, his baptism was 
was his way of identifying with all of the sinners who were coming to be baptized by John. Jesus got right up in the middle of all them sinners and was baptized. Baptism was also, it's an act of dedication. When somebody goes through the baptismal waters, what they are committing to do is saying, right now I am publicly confessing that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and from now on when I come out of this baptistry, for the rest of my life I'm going to live a life that is dedicated to Jesus. I tell every kid that before I baptize them. Ask them how old they are. I'm eight, I'm nine. I said, so if you live to be 109 years old, oh my goodness, yeah, if you live another 100 years, then that means for the next 100 years from now on, you're going to live for Jesus. Because baptism is an act of dedication. And so when Jesus was baptized, his baptism, baptism set an example because he was saying, I am now dedicating myself to God's plan for my life. Well, what was God's plan? God's plan was for Jesus to come out of that river and three years later to be hanging on a cross pouring out his blood for you and me. He set the example by his dedication. Baptism was an act of, is an act of righteousness where a person commits themselves to live a life that is rightly related to God. Well, Jesus' baptism was to fulfill all righteousness where he was saying and setting the example that I'm going to set the example and go through the required steps of righteousness so that I will be rightly related and set the example of how to be rightly related to God the Father. So you see, baptism sets, we're baptized to follow Jesus' example. Some of you wear those bracelets. They've been around for a long time. We all wear a lot of bracelets these days, but some of you wear one that says WWJD. What would Jesus do? Well, I'll tell you right now, he already showed it. What would he do? He would be baptized. So you ought to be baptized too. If you're going to wear that bracelet, then do what he would do. And he would be baptized. He set the example. Second reason is to obey Christ's command. To obey his command. I've already mentioned the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So disciples, people who have come to know Jesus are to be baptized. So to not be baptized is to be in disobedience. So I just, I just got to tell you that. And I, I don't know. I know maybe there, there's, I know there's got to be people in here that if you've made a confession of your life, a commitment of your life to follow Jesus, but you've never followed through in baptism, you've never gone through the baptismal waters. I, I, I just want to tell you, brother, or tell you, sister that right now you're at a place of disobedience in your life. You're just right now sitting in disobedience if you hadn't been baptized. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying that you don't belong to Jesus. I'm not saying that if you died today, you'd go, you'd bust hell wide open. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that if you've never been baptized, if you know Christ, but you have not been baptized, then you're being disobedient. Even when I baptize somebody, I'm being obedient. The very words that I say are a step of obedience for me. What did Jesus say? Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What do you hear me say if you've ever heard me baptize somebody? What do you hear me say? Based on your profession of faith now, I baptize you, my brother in Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why do I do that? Because Jesus told me to do it that way. That's why you ought to be the one standing in the baptistry, baptistry with me if you've never been baptized. Because we obey Christ's command 
And the last reason is to display Christ's salvation in our life. To display His salvation in our lives. Acts 18.8 says, Many of the people who heard Him believed and were baptized. So they heard the gospel, they believed, and then they were baptized to show, hey man, look at what's happened in my life. Same thing in Acts 2.41. Those who received His Word were baptized. They received the Word, they got saved, and they were baptized. And so it displays the salvation that God has brought to your life. Even the picture of baptism. I love it, man. Every time, little old Curdy didn't realize that this morning, but when, I, when he got baptized, he preached a message. He preached the gospel. That little eight-year-old kid preached the gospel this morning when he got baptized. Because when he came into the water, he was on this side of me, came into the water, he was standing there and he showed before that entire packed house over there, he showed the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the gospel. He displayed salvation by his baptism this morning. That's why you ought to be baptized. Those are some reasons. Second point is this, the requirement of baptism. The requirement of baptism. First, re first one of the reasons of baptism, to obey, to follow Jesus' example, to obey, to display Christ's salvation in your life. Now let's talk about the requirement of baptism. We require that those who profess their faith in Christ be baptized by immersion, going completely under the water and out of the water. We require that. And don't apologize for requiring that. I'll tell you why. We require that. Instead of sprinkling them, or instead of pouring water over their head, we require that they go into the baptistry, go completely under the water, and come up out of the water. There's reasons for that. Strong biblical reasons for that. First reason is because that's the way Jesus was baptized. We're going to follow his example? Let's follow it. That's how Jesus was baptized. It tells us there in Matthew 3.16, it says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. You don't come up out of the water if you've had some water sprinkled on your head. You don't come up out of the water if you've had some water poured on your head. You come up out of the water if you've been in the river and you've gone under the water and now you're coming out of the water. So that's why we require immersion because that's how Jesus was baptized. Another reason is this, every baptism that you see in the New Testament, I told you there's several all through the New Testament. Every baptism that you see in the New Testament was by immersion, not by sprinkling or pouring. It was by immersion. My, one of my favorite stories of baptism is in Acts chapter 8, the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And Philip went, God told him to go down to this road, and he went down there, and this chariot was coming down the road, and God told him to go up to the chariot. And so Philip was obedient to go, and Philip was obedient to go up to the chariot, got up to the chariot. There's this Ethiopian eunuch, a, a royal official in the chariot, and he's reading Isaiah chapter 53, which is the seedbed of the gospel in the Old Testament. He's reading about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 53. Philip steps up and goes, hey, you understand what you're reading? And the guy says, hey, man, how can I unless somebody explains it to me? And Philip goes, hey, well, how about me? Gets in the chariot with him, tells him about Jesus. The guy gets saved right there in the chariot. It's the coolest thing. And then as they're sitting there in the chariot, the guy says, Hey, look, there's some water. What prohibits me from being baptized? And Philip basically said, Nothing. I mean, you've given your life to Jesus. 
Let's go, bro. That's that's the John Daniels translation. And so they they got out of the they they got out of the chariot in Acts 8, 38 and 39. The the uh, eunuch commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him, and then they came up out of the water. So I mean you just see that all through the New Testament. And then the word baptize itself literally means to dip underwater, to plunge beneath water. It literally, the Greek word is baptizo, from which we get our word baptize, and it literally means to immerse. It was a common, everyday word that would be used to explain what happens when you take a white piece of cloth and plunge it into a bucket full of purple dye, and then you pull it back out, and it is completely different when it comes back out. That's the picture. And that's why we require people to be immersed, even though it'll mess your hair up and it'll mess your makeup up and all whatever. We require that. Because that's what we see in the Scriptures. Our Baptist faith and message is like our statement of faith of what we believe. And on this issue, our statement of faith says that. That Christian baptism is the immersion of a believer in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there's one more really good reason why we immerse. It's because it's the only mode of baptism that truly shows burial and resurrection. You don't get that with sprinkling and pouring. You don't see a picture of Jesus dying, being buried, and resurrecting. You don't see the symbol of that person dying to themselves coming up as a new person and going to walk in the newness of life. You don't get that in any other way except immersion. So, I mean, we are, we are Christians first. And some people get hung up in, on denominations. Well, I just don't believe in denominations, stuff like that. Fine, you and I can talk about that later if you want to. But we are Christians first, but we are Baptists. Make no apology about it. I believe that we as Southern Baptists are closer to the Word of God than any other denomination. That's why I am a Southern Baptist. If I thought somebody else was, I'd, I wouldn't be your pastor. I'd be a pastor somewhere else. But we are Baptists, and as Baptists, we hold to the teaching that baptism by immersion is the only valid mode of baptism that you see in Scripture. That's why we require immersion. The last point is this, the readiness for baptism. The reasons for baptism, follow Christ's example, be obedient to him, display God's salvation in your life. The requirement for baptism is that you be baptized by immersion. And then the readiness for baptism, who, when are you ready for baptism? As soon as you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're ready right then. You are ready at that moment. Now listen, be clear again, do not believe, I do not believe that the Scriptures teach that baptism is necessary for salvation. But I will straight up tell you, it is the most important step of obedience that you can take after you are saved. And you should be baptized. You should be baptized as soon as possible after you give your life to Christ. Again, you see it in Scripture, man, Acts 2.41. When the church got started, when the Holy Spirit had come, the day of Pentecost had happened, Peter got up and preached that incredible message. And it says there in Acts 2.41, those who believed, 
There's the prerequisite. You've got to believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior and Lord, and you give your life to Him. You've got to believe those who believed, says, it says they were baptized and added to the church that day. That day. And there's about 3,000 of them. So next year, if we baptize 147, like I said, we're going to celebrate. But if we baptize 3,000, we sure enough going to have a party, okay? But that's, that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people got baptized that day. There's no reason to delay. Because when you do delay, all you're doing is giving, giving Satan a little more time to whisper in your ear, I, you, you really ain't got to do that. It ain't that important. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you still got time. You don't need to do that. I mean, you don't like being up in front of all them people. You're scared of crowds. You don't like it. All this stuff that I've heard all through the years. I just don't like being in front of crowds. I don't like doing this, stuff like that. Man, Jesus Christ died naked in front of the whole world, and you and I are scared to get baptized in front of a couple hundred people. Shame on us. Shame, shame, shame on us. So, who needs to be baptized here today? Who is here today who needs to be baptized? Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe there's somebody here today, you need to give your life to Christ. You're not ready to be baptized. You're not one of the ones who's ready to be baptized because you never give your life to Jesus. Well, now's the time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So, man, don't, don't take another chance. Don't, 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 throw the, don't roll the dice one more time thinking i got a little bit more time. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to hope i got a little bit more time. Today's the day of salvation. Give your life to Christ, man. Call out to Jesus and be saved today. And then be baptized. And then there's some of you here today. you the folks I'm talking about. You gave your life to Jesus last year, two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. But for whatever reason, you never followed through in believer's baptism. Come on. It's time. Come on. It's time for you to do that. Let's, let's, let's get that taken care of, man. You be one of the ones to start this year off. We got two more getting baptized next Sunday. We'll baptize you next Sunday. If you want. There's still water in the baptistry. You and I can go over there after church right now. Well, I'll baptize you over there right now if you want to. We'll go have church over there after we finish up here if there's some folks who want to be baptized. I ain't kidding. I'm, I ain't, I'm serious. Anybody want to be baptized today? Anybody want to be baptized today? Anybody need to be baptized today? Well, if you need to be baptized, following believers' baptism, why don't you make that commitment today? You don't have to do it today, but if you want to do it next week, we already got it scheduled for next week. Or we'll get it scheduled next. Don't be don't be waiting any longer. Now's the time. You, I hope you understand how important this thing is. Now, hope this has helped you maybe understand some stuff about what baptism's all about. Let's pray. So we thank you, Father, for this day. And we thank you for the privilege of being baptized. We thank you for Jesus who has saved us and who set the example for us. And I pray that we'll follow his example and we'll be obedient and be baptized, Lord. So help us today, Father, to say yes to you in whatever way we need to. In Jesus' name I pray.